Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 1 through 13, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 8 through 14, the Gospel according to John, chapter 9, verse 1 through 41, and Psalm 23. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. You need to sit after that reading, my goodness. Today we have two of the longest readings and most beautiful readings. In, like in, the, in the entire church calendar, this Lenten season just has like the longest readings. And today there are two of them, and they're both beautiful Beautifully read, Nancy. Beautifully read, Gary. Welcome back. That's how we treat you when you leave. You come back. You got to read that. I'm preaching on the Ephesians text. It's much shorter. I am actually preaching on the Ephesians text because prior to even the season beginning, we decided that we would focus only on the epistles for our sermons, not actually realizing that we were saving ourselves from pages and pages of commentary by ignoring the gospel texts. Um, but we, were, we are going to be talking about Ephesians today, so Andrew, thank you for not messing that up. You did good. And, um, and we, the reality is that, that while we will not be talking about the First Samuel reading or the John reading, they're so, all of the readings are thematically connected. We have this idea of darkness and light, of what is seen and unseen that is, that is flowing through this whole thing. And I'm reminded in particular, as we did hear the gospel reading today, we are reminded of an old him that everyone, regardless of tradition or denomination, knows well where we hear amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. This is one of those sayings that we have just built into us, regardless of our history, this idea of, I once was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. I used to be like that, but now, thank God, I'm like this. And this is much better than that. I used to be a mess and a disaster and rudderless and lost and confused, but now, thank God, I am in the right path, and I know what I'm doing and who I am, and I'm only doing good and righteous things. I used to be darkness, and now I am light. And you notice the language in Ephesians. He doesn't even say you used to be in darkness, and now you are in light. Paul says, you used to be darkness, and now you are light. And you go, ah, yes, this must be true. And yet, most of us, have not experienced in our lives such clear moments where we used to be lost and now we are found. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us, having grown up in these United States in the 20th century, most of us have had churches as a part of our lives for most of our lives. I was baptized as an infant. I don't remember it. And most of you don't remember either a time before all that. And yet these readings are supposed to talk about how they're used to the Ephesians, you used to be like that, but now you're like this. You used to be darkness and now you're light. But the reality for most of us, I think, is that we know within us, within our hearts, both darkness and light. 
There are days when we feel as if we are connected to God and clear about who we are, our place in the world, and what the world is doing and what God is doing in the world, where we not only are in the light, but we feel like we are the light. And then there are, of course, days when we are darkness, where we cannot see God's presence, where we do not feel like being any kind of good where we do not even know what good means. There are days when we know what righteousness looks like and we are all in on loving and being just and kind in this world. And there are days when we just want to wrap ourselves in a blanket and finish that sleeve of Thin Mints and say, I'm going to just got to get through. I just got to make it. And that's the reality for us, I think, is less that there is this moment where we have this, we used to be something, and then this big light shines and now I understand and now I live completely differently. I think most of us don't have that experience. Most of us have moments of light, moments of clarity, followed by moments of darkness and periods of fear and uncertainty. I'm seeing this a lot throughout this Lent. This Lent is our fifth Lenten year where we are focusing our educational work, our formational work, on becoming beloved community. This long-term commitment to racial justice and healing and reconciliation. Of course, we continue to work on it throughout the year, but we have a special focus on it during Lent. And when we look at these things that we... What we're looking at so often is our past, our shared past. And what becomes really obvious as we begin to look at our past, if we're serious about it, we have to wonder, when exactly did the past stop happening and when did it become the present? When was there a moment when it all became clear and we stopped living in darkness and started living in light? Racially, as a country, was there a moment when the past became the present? I wonder because oftentimes when we predominantly white group of people, oftentimes when we look at race in our country, we say, well, yeah, it used to be this thing, but now it's totally different. And I love asking people, great, when did it become totally different? And if you say the Emancipation Proclamation, a lot of things have happened since then. A lot of road has been traveled. When does the past become the present? The reality is, as we look at our past and we look at our present, we realize that we are still so much living in our past, and our present is deeply and truly impacted by our history, our shared history. And so we do something where we say, I'd rather not think about it. I don't want to talk about those things. Yeah, I'm a good person. I don't want to deal with those things. I don't want to bring those up. This is what Paul's talking about today when he talks about the fact that if we're going to live as children of the light, there are things that are darkness within us that need to be brought to light because we're afraid. We're afraid that if certain realities are brought to bear about our past, we will have to re-understand ourselves. Mostly we're afraid that the stories that we tell about ourselves being good and amazing and just and for freedom and beauty, those things, we're afraid those stories won't resonate anymore, that they won't be true. And that scares us. Now I'm talking, of course, on a national level, but I'm talking on a personal level as well. There are parts of my past that I want to stay there, and I don't want to look at them. 
because I'm ashamed. And deep down, I think that if those things are brought to light, I don't know if I will still be loved. I really want to think I'm a good person. I want to think it. I want to think that if you did this sort of like internal scale with the darkness and the light, that even if there's a good amount of darkness, the light would be just a little bit more. I want to think that about myself. And I'm scared that if everything gets brought up and put out on the table and I have to look at all of it, I might not like what I see and God will like it even less. There's a deep undercurrent of shame that runs through the readings today. Think about the story of the blind man. People see him blind and the first thing they wonder is, so is he blind because of something he did wrong or something his parents did wrong? And the only person who speaks differently about his blindness is Jesus, who says this isn't about shame and guilt. It's about something much deeper and God will be glorified. It's important for us as we try to bring the darkness within us to light because we think it's all about sitting around in our shame and our guilt, but it's not. It's about bringing everything out and putting it before God, which God already knows about us anyway, by the way, so that God can allow us to see a fundamental truth about ourselves. And that's what I want to talk about next, the fundamental truth about ourselves. You see, as we do this work, if we do this work, the thing that I have noticed the most throughout our different sessions and classes and series in becoming beloved community is there comes a point where almost every single person with whom I speak says the same thing. I'm just overwhelmed by all this. I'm sitting here looking at all these things that must be true, and my main feeling is ah, just overwhelmed. And again, this is true in our personal lives. If we are serious about drudging up these realities of our past, what made us who we are and the darkness and the light and how they sit next to each other, so many times our feeling is, I am overwhelmed, what next? And you know, I don't like to be the preacher who get, offers easy solutions, uh, but I have an easy solution for you all. Uh, no, I don't actually, but I do have an idea. It's not even my idea. It's Paul's idea. I'm cribbing it straight from him. It's right in the Ephesians text. It's the third sentence in the Ephesians text. He's talking about what it means to try to live as if you are children of the light, as if, as if this stuff about you is true, that God is with you. And he just says this really simple sentence. You're going to be really underwhelmed when I say it. I prom I'm just going to warn you. You're going to be really disappointed. Okay? Paul says, try to do what is pleasing to the Lord. I know, right? Really underwhelming. <laughs> you were really hoping for more. Because part of us is like, what does that even mean? Try to do what is pleasing to the Lord. You know, sometimes we treat God like, like God is someone we've been married to for many, many years and still have no idea what to do with. Like when they say, just do this thing that pleases me. You go, I have no idea what pleases you. What are you talking about? Like God would say, well, if you really loved me and knew me, you would know what to do right now. <laughs> Except that God tells us repeatedly, and consistently the truth about ourselves. We're studying this more, more than anything throughout every Lent. 
We are, we are paying attention to the, the foundational truth of God in Jesus Christ, which is that while we are still sinners, Christ saves us, which is that while we are completely in darkness and completely unsure of ourselves and completely unclear about what to do and overwhelmed by our own sinfulness, that is when Jesus shows up and loves us for who we are. If you are overwhelmed by the darkness within you and by the scariness of your past, start with a basic truth of God. Start here. Remember that you are loved. Not because you are light, but that you are loved into the light. That in your darkness, in your hatred, in your pettiness, in all of the worst parts of you, you completely and utterly belong to God. And I want you to understand that remembering that, actively and intentionally seeking to remember your complete and utter unconditional belonging to God, that that is an act that pleases God. That's actually pleasing to God. You want to try to do what's pleasing to the Lord? Remember your belonging to God. Remember. And that's important Because when we forget that we belong to God, we try to justify our behavior. I'm actually a good person. Don't worry about all that stuff I used to do. I'm okay now. I'm not a racist. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm a good person. Look at all the good I do. That is defensiveness trying to justify yourself because you're scared that if all of the things about you are out on the table, you will not be loved. But the gospel is that with all the things about you on the table and in the light, you are loved. You can let go of your defensiveness and be loved as you are. And this is pleasing to the Lord. And then... And then, open your eyes to the world around you, to the darkness and light all about you. And it is pleasing to God when you realize that all of the people in your midst, that they belong to God completely and utterly and are loved for who they are. That the people who look differently than you and the people who live differently than you, and the people who live several neighborhoods away from your neighborhood, the people that you would not normally know how to interact with, that they belong completely and totally to God. And if you want to do what is pleasing to the Lord, it's not a mystery. Just love them like God does. Love people with the same heart with which you are loved by God. Love people with the same ferocity with which God loves them. You are overwhelmed. I understand. God is not overwhelmed. God sees you, and God sees this world, and God says, yes, I am in. I'm all in. You want to move through your fear and confusion, your darkness and your overwhelm, and into a place of light and clarity, you begin with the foundational truth of your belongingness, and you move towards the belongingness and belovedness of all people. 
And then we partner with God in the work of loving this world like God does. We do that come what may. We do that regardless of what it brings to light because we know that whatever is brought to light, whatever is said or learned or found out, we know that God is with us in it. We move forward. We move forward with God. We move into the light alongside God. And we love this world the way that God loves us. In Jesus' name.